often vulgar, always explicit, and sometimes funny. Slap box. Slap box. Welcome to the Slapbox Podcast. This is episode 480. I am your host, Josh Albrecht, sitting inside the master bedroom of the Slapbox Penthouse. Living it up. Switching it up to uh, not only in just rooms tonight, but I'm actually recording on a Friday instead of a Saturday, which I normally record on. As so that perhaps... I will uh, make it over to my friend's housewarming party tomorrow and slash costume party. Although I hope it's a costume party. I believe it is. I don't want to show up and, you know, be the only person in costume. Hopefully it is. I don't know. Maybe I won't make it over there. I'm, I plan on it, hopefully. But I'm reco- getting this out of the way tonight as to hopefully be over there tomorrow and you know participate a little bit in Halloween because I love me some Halloween I enjoy dressing up I just wish that uh, I had some new like costumes and stuff and I, I should really avoid going to Johnny Brock's and buying more shit that is uh, you know I shouldn't be spending money on that sort of things Those, uh, I need to save up you know and also I'm gonna whenever Adam Jones announces the not new custom <laughs> shop, Les Paul. Uh, the Les Paul standard, that is. I plan on, you know, buying that with credit. So I only need to save some for that. You know, that's going to be pretty pricey. As, uh, unfortunately, he did announce a new model. I don't know if I talked about this last week or not, but holy shit, he's got another guitar coming out like next week or so, but it's another... Gibson Custom Shop, it's a Murphy Lab, and it's $10,000 for that one. I really can't justify spending $10,000 on any guitar. I should probably never spend that much on a guitar in my life unless I do somehow win Powerball or some shit like that. Or, you know, sell a kidney, and which... Whoever buys that's going to overpay, let's face it. My kidneys are shit. (laughs) What if I could convince somebody to spend ten grand on a kidney? Sure, why not? I'll spend that on a guitar. Uh, I probably need better health care after I do that. That's going to be... I mean, my if I get rid of one kidney, I think I'm going to be in a world of hurt. That's uh, going to really overwork my other shitty kidney. So that'll, uh, that'll probably wouldn't be a great idea on my part. And then waste the money I got from the guitar. You know, I, and the more I talk about it, maybe that's not a good option. Maybe. Perhaps. Though I'm not usually one to go for good options. Just like, yeah, that sounds fun. <laughs> that sounds fun. Why don't we go with that? Why don't we do that? All of a sudden, I'm Jay Leno. I don't know what the fuck's going on. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, you know, perhaps I'll do some shit for Halloween this uh, weekend. So I'm doing it on a Friday night. I'm jacked up. Because uh, on Fridays, I usually stop at uh, the Smoothie King. Not a sponsor, I want to point out. But I get the 32-ounce mango strawberry pure recharge on Fridays because it's $5 for a 32-ounce. And I like to get jerked on Friday nights, especially, too, because I usually work on Saturday mornings. And if I don't take something that has an insane amount of fucking caffeine in it on Friday night, then I'm just going to end up sleeping from due to being tired, and I won't get a Friday night. But this way, I'll get jacked up, get very little sleep, and still be kind of with it, because I don't know how much caffeine is in here, but there's a fuck ton. And I'll still be able to get through work in the morning. Just hopefully <laughs> I'm not dead tired afterwards, because I'm going to go for a run and then uh, hopefully take part in uh, my friend's party. At least stop by for a little bit. Uh, they've done a lot of work on their house. I've never been in it anyway, but it looks like, I mean, just the pictures I've seen of the inside, it looks like they've got a really nice kitchen set up and everything. And, uh, so yeah. And uh, I haven't been to a fucking Halloween party in years now, so it could be interesting. As far as I know, though, there's <laughs> the, the couple that own the house are the, is the only two that I'm, I know are going to be there that I really know. So it might be kind of awkward. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I like them a lot though. So it, it, uh, 
and they live right up the street, so I could easily just walk my my ass back home instead of like driving over there and stuff. So that's that's uh, that's a good option for me. Um, another cool thing, right? Real close to me here on uh, if you're familiar with Washington, Missouri, on High Street. Now I only got to drive by it once, but there are pictures in it, in like the Missourian has gotten pictures of it, and I've seen it on Facebook as well. Uh, unfortunately, the fucking evil thing that is Facebook <laughs> uh, that has corrupted the whole world at this point. Um, there's this cool thing over on High Street here in Washington, Missouri. Uh, th- someone had recreated a uh, pirate ship. Like, th- it's a fucking massive pirate ship. Um, it's actually... Uh, oh, shit. Uh I don't remember the the couple's name. I think they're uh, Hillermans of some sort. It's over on uh, High Street, and I forgot what street that is that it connects to, like at the corner of. But they constructed this pirate ship on the outside of their house, and fucking holy shit, it is a lot of wood. It it I don't know if this was the model, but just looking at the pictures and such, I only drove by it briefly. When I first found out, I just happened to be driving by. I was like, holy shit, there's a fucking pirate ship over there. <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> it looks to me much like the pirate ship in Goonies. I hope that was the inspiration. I don't know that that's the pirate ship that they're going after. But to me, I mean, it could be any fucking pirate ship. Let's be real. But, I mean, they use real wood and stuff. And it is a massive pirate ship in these people's yard. I am fucking kudos to them. That is fucking dope ass shit. I don't just. I'm just curious though. What are they going to do after Halloween? Is it going to stay in their yard? I'm not sure. I don't know if that is you know considered a structure that might be against city code. I I don't know how that stuff works, but it's really fucking cool and be sad to see him tear it down. I mean, they put this guy. I don't know if. Uh, he did it himself. It was just the family worked on it. Like if, but it took a lot of effort, regardless of how many people worked on it. It'd be sad to see it just dismantled. But holy shit, it's pretty awesome. And uh, I don't. I guess they're maybe doing some sort of like haunted house situation or something in there. Um, but if you're if by chance you end up trick or treating on Halloween in Washington, Missouri, definitely. Run down High Street, man. Check out the fucking pirate ship. I'm sure they've got something going on in there on Sunday. And it looks like the weather's going to hold up to where there shouldn't be any rain and decent temperatures for this Halloween. So that'll be exciting. I haven't decided yet whether or not I'm going to hand out candy. <laughs> I imagine they're probably this at the penthouse here. You know, there's several townhouses. I'm one of ten townhouses kind of in the middle just like uh well i'm only two down i'm near the top i guess you would say of the uh townhouse there on the the street but i would imagine with those townhouses there there's probably going to be a few people that were going to hand out candy so i think it would be a good shot i mean it's right in the middle of town i'd probably get a lot of foot traffic but you know i don't know i might just watch a bunch of horror movies Goon out some horror movies. I started watching uh, night or Friday the Thirteenth Part Six um, before uh, doing this podcast tonight because uh, I don't know. I wanted to watch. A, I was like, it's getting close to Halloween. I've been watching like uh, stuff on the making of horror movies and stuff, but I hadn't really watched any horror flicks leading up to Halloween yet. And I was like, well, I got to watch something tonight. At least get a little little something something as I've been uh, going back through the Sopranos. I need a little, maybe cleanse myself a little bit from it. <laughs> a little bit too much Sopranos. I mean, I haven't shot anybody or anything yet, or uh, been really horrible towards towards some strippers or anything. So I, I, I haven't uh, let it affect me too much, and I haven't started, uh, I don't know, racketeering. <laughs> but I may be getting a little burnt out on watching mainly Sopranos. I was like, I really needed to cleanse myself with, you know, a slasher flick. <laughs> So I was like, uh, I thought about maybe Friday the 13th, the original, the OG, where uh, Jason's mother, of course, is the, spoiler alert, she's the killer in the end. Though you do get a glimpse of Jason right there in the final scene where he uh, come, jumps up out of the water to pull the girl into the into the uh, lake. 
And I almost said river. Of course, it's Camp Crystal Lake. I should uh, I should remember that. God damn it. Um, but uh, I chose six. It's not really my favorite Friday the 13th. I don't know that I really have a favorite. I mean, there's some really fucking good ones in there. As if if you're just a fan of campy, cheesy uh, horror slasher flicks, I mean, when I think slasher flick, I did, Friday Thirteenth really pops in my brain. You know, there's you know Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and there's a lot of them, just slasher, like gory slasher flicks. But I think like the OG to me is Friday Thirteenth. Now Nightmare on Elm Street is like my favorite franchise as far as like horror movies go, but. It's a little bit different. It's not just all just gore and stuff. There's like the dream and there's there's campiness to it, but <laughs> there's I don't know, it's I guess it's also considered like a slasher flick, but uh when I think of like OG cuz Friday the 13th was like before um Nightmare on Elm Street and uh I know Halloween I guess came out right I believe Halloween came out before Friday the 13th. Yeah, I believe so. And then Friday Thirteenth was kind of like we want to make a Halloween movie, essentially what they want, and that's why they picked another Friday Thirteenth. If I if I recall, that's how that turned out. Now, I like Halloween movies, but like Friday Thirteenth was more my Jimmy Jam. Oh, I mean, I do love me some Halloween. Don't get me wrong, Mike Myers is great, no, but uh, I love the gore and the just like over the top kills. Just the <laughs> extra campiness. And I don't know, uh, Six was just calling out to me tonight. I love Tommy Jarvis, the character Tommy Jarvis. He appeared first in uh, Friday 13th Part 4. I think that one's the final chapter is the uh, full title of that one. That is uh, Corey Feldman plays a young Tommy Jarvis, which uh, that one's a great film. It is a... Uh, Less of the cheesiness, I guess, of some of them. Like, part six goes real cheesy at times, like the paintball match and stuff. I mean, they all get pretty cheesy at times for the most part and have a lot of humor, but there's <laughs> there's a little bit too much perhaps in six. Part four, I think, has less of that, that really cheesy humor in it. And uh, Tommy in there, played by, again, Corey Feldman, is a, is a, I don't know, he's like 10, 12, Something like that. And then he, he makes masks. I don't know why I always like that in horror movies. But I know Empire 4, I really love that. The, also, too, I'm not too much younger than Corey Feldman. So watching him, I guess I think he might have 10 years on me. I'm not sure. But uh, I, I watched that, and he was the protagonist of the movie because he defeats Jason in the end. And he was a kid. I, there was something to that, I think being a kid in the 80s, watching him take down Jason. was like, fuck yeah. It's like me taking down Jason. It's like you're watching that POV porn where they just show the guy's dick and it's like you're fucking the girl in the porn. It's kind of kind of like that. <laughs> but I didn't come. No, uh, just uh, people died and then Jason ended up dying. Okay, so it's a little bit different. <laughs> Perhaps. Uh <laughs> Anyway, yeah, so um, part four, which I often like to pull up part four, also has the great Crispin Glover, the weird, king of weird actors, who's also the father in Back to the Future, and uh, but it was Crispin Glover being just, you know, Crispin Glover. I don't think there's anything he can be in a movie. He's just always Crispin Glover. I don't think he has very much range, shall we say. But Crispin Glover is very unique. You're not going to find another person quite like that. Uh, and I don't, his, his part in there is not real big, but uh, it's it's great to have him in that film. And uh, I do love the uh, part four Jason mask, where he's got the axe blade that went into the mask. And you see that because at the end he got of part three, he gets axed to the head. So he's got the little chip in it. And that's what uh, the one I... Uh, I uh, recreated that's from the part four mask. Love that shit. And I got the hood that goes over my head. Not the full mask, but uh, it cuts out the, the face part so it's easier to fucking breathe when you just put the hockey mask on. Uh, <clears throat> but anyway, 
getting back to why I was watching part six, okay? Tommy Jarvis, he's in number four. He is possibly, other than, like, Jason Voorhees, which, I don't know, I, he's probably, okay, he's, Tommy Jarvis has the biggest character arc, I guess I would say, out of any character in the Friday 13th series as a whole. Like, nobody, they don't delve into a, any character, like, more than, like, Tommy Jarvis and, like, Jason, I think, <laughs> I guess maybe he has more of a backstory, but it's kind of hard to say because basically, <laughs> um, his backstory is pretty brief. I mean, he was a kid that was out playing in the water. The camp counselors were fucking when they should have been watching Jason and he drowned and they didn't help him. So then he got murdered. That's basically his story. Whereas Tommy, it's a little bit more fleshed out, I guess. In part four, I don't remember his backstory so much as a child. But uh, I feel like his parents were dead or something of that nature. And then, like, uh, he's, like, into making masks and stuff. You get kind of a feel for him. And then part five, he's in it again. Now, part five, I feel like like he's a really strong character in part four. And if, obviously, having your uh, family members killed and shit, uh, I guess maybe his parents were alive in part four and then Jason murder him. But, like, I feel like... Yeah, there was family and friends that were murdered in part four of of Tommy Jarvis's. And then uh, part five, he's not as strong of a character. Obviously, that shit's going to, like, you know, make you kind of fucked up. He's in a mental asylum. And then in the end, you get the impression that maybe he's going to start killing people as Jason. <laughs> it kind of leads into that. But then I like the turn in part six where he's out of the insane asylum, insane asylum and then he's... uh. Well, the the part six, the reason, again, why I picked it, Jason's Lives is that one. And I love the intro. The opening scene is just fantastic. Uh, Tommy Jarvis, he's still just fucked mentally from, again, getting everybody knows, like, murdered by Jason. So he goes to check the grave of Jason Voorhees. And... He wants to completely destroy the body. Make sure this motherfucker's never coming back. And this is his folly. He opens up the grave. And then... uh, After un... Shoveling all the uh, dirt out from the grave, he then uh, opens up the casket to see this maggot-covered corpse uh, with, like, no flesh left on it. Just like mud and maggots and just lo- yummy. Just, mm. I'm sure uh, it smells fantastic. And then uh, he proceeds to break off part of a fence post, I believe it is, and then stabs him with this iron rod from the f- fence post. Then, of course, he's getting gasoline ready. He's going to burn this fucking body. He's going to destroy it completely. And just completely obliterate Jason to make sure that he'll never, ever come back to this place to fucking destroy children, counselors, anything again. Although, he never really killed children, I guess. Teenagers, yes. Children, not so much. He seemed to be okay with the... He didn't want to hurt the innocence of of children. So, uh, I guess he envisioned them as himself dying. Uh, He wasn't a complete monster, that Jason. Um... (laughs) So, uh, so yeah, he sticks the iron rod in there. He gets out of the, uh, cause he had to be inside the grave with Jason when he stabs him with that thing. He jumps out of the grave, gets his gas can ready. As, as he's opened up the gas can, a fucking lightning bolt comes down, hits the iron rod and awakens Jason Voorhees. <laughs> and that sequence, I don't know. It's just so great. So so good, and uh, the writer and director I, I I'd had to look look this up, but uh, I'll have to IMDb this shit. I forgot who actually did that one. Um, see, uh, the, obviously whoever made that had a love for I mean slasher flicks would be uh, Friday the Thirteenth. 
or uh, I I get the impression uh, they were big fans of Nightmare on Elm Street because there's some nods, several nods uh, to Nightmare on Elm Street in it, and uh, that's so good. I feel like I feel like they need to like re like the story to Part Six, like it's a solid story, and I love Tommy Jarvis. Oh yeah, okay. Um, oh shit, yeah, that's got a lot of the. Uh, or no, oh no. See, uh, Tom McLaughlin was the director, and he's uh wrote and directed, I guess. Uh, but uh, there's just, I mean, there's a lot of cheese to uh to Friday the Thirteenth Part Six. A lot of cheese, like the paintball fight was uh pretty ridiculous they they maybe could have done without the paintball fight um but uh there was a, i mean that was all like 80s horror movies usually had a lot of cheese to them a lot of cheese and i like the cheesiness but i also like would prefer movies like just with the darkness like i love what they did with the evil dead uh reboot which i i love evil dead in general and the cheesiness i mean but the Evil Dead reboot, man, that was just a gore fest and just darkness. It was good stuff. I feel like, man, somebody could really do an awesome job with basically remaking the story to Jason Lives. Like a reboot, which could possibly happen now or something of that nature. Seeing as though the Friday 13th lawsuit appears to be over at this point. Um... But uh, as I was saying with the Nightmare on Elm Street stuff, I mean, there's definitely several callbacks to a Nightmare on Elm Street. There is a child that has a bad dream uh, named Nancy in one of the, uh, in the camp. It's not Camp Crystal Lake. They renamed it something else because they were like, you know, there was all kinds of counselors and stuff brutally murdered at Camp Crystal Lake. And they're trying to distance themselves a little bit. Uh, but, uh, there, yeah, that was, uh, there's fantastic stuff. There was the Nancy, uh, girl, a small child that of course had the bad dream. And there's also a shot in there that reminds me of uh, Nightmare on Elm Street part one, where there's a shot where Freddy's head comes out of the wall and actually he's like spandex, I believe. To, for Robert England to push his head into to make it look like it was just coming right out of the wall. And there's a shot in Jason Lives there where he kills this couple inside an RV. And uh, she, uh, this, this girl that he kills in there, puts her head right through the side of the RV. And it looks very much like Freddy's head coming out of the wall in Nightmare on Elm Street 1. I mean, that movie's fucking great. Uh,. I think, hands down, the original Nightmare on Elm Street is possibly one of the best horror movies ever made. In my book, it is. Like, top to bottom, I mean, I fucking love Robert Englund so much. And uh, that, going back, I mean, there's some cheesiness that they really left in there. Uh, that, like, the the end part where they're... Uh, Freddie pulls the mother inside in through the uh the door. You can tell it's a like a blow up doll that he's pulling through there and stuff. Like there's some cheesy looking effects in there. But with Nightmare on Elm Street, it's okay because it could just simply be him doing that because at the end, it's all this shit for the most part is happening in a dream. And uh like the oatmeal steps, those might those might be kind of the worst there at the end. Nancy going through the oatmeal steps, like it looks, and that's supposed to be the real world. Like I thought, I feel like that shouldn't be happening in the real world. I think that's after she pulls Freddy into the real world. It's been a minute, but yeah, they do have a uh, some reviews here. I'm gonna read the top review for uh, Jason Lives here. It says uh. Top review from Tweakums, January 9th of 2019. This is a couple of years, just uh, two years old. 
says Jason is back from the dead, which he is every film. Let's be clear. In part five, the viewer wondered whether Jason was back from the dead for most of the film. <laughs> Spoiler alert. I guess in that one, he wasn't. Um, in this one, there is no doubt. Tommy Jarvis and a friend go to the cemetery to dig up Jason in the belief that seeing his body will end Tommy's nightmares. Unfortunately, a lightning strike reanimates Jason. Tommy's friend is killed, but he escapes and alerts the local sheriff. Not surprisingly, he isn't believed, and when Jason starts killing again, it is believed that Tommy is doing it so he will be believed. Around at about the same time, the first group of children and counselors arrive at Camp Forest Green. Okay, that's the name. Uh, not realizing that area was renamed from Crystal Lake, Tommy, with the help of the sheriff's daughter, determines determines to defeat Jason again. But before they confront each other, many sus- unsuspected people will die. It becomes clear from Earth. This isn't so much a review as it just... Okay, this is just a synopsis. Uh... <laughs> Let's see. It becomes clear from early on that even though this is still pretty gory, it is also being played for last much of the time. It is. It is very meta. They keep making winks at the audience. And, uh, <laughs> like, nonstop. It's it's really just an homage to, like, the like other horror films is basically what this one is. Uh, this film also gets rid of the gratuitous nudity nudity that the last couple featured. Probably a good choice as it didn't add anything to the story. I know many don't like the previous film because it wasn't really Jason, and I can understand that. I preferred that to the unstoppable zombie we have now. That said, the way he returned in the manner of Frankenstein's monster was rather fun. The vast majority of the characters served little purpose other than to be killed by Jason, and in one case, provide him with the new machete. Having children at the camp was a bit of a distraction. Even though everybody else was fair game, nobody watching is likely to think the children are likely to be harmed. Uh, even the kids talking about their expected deaths don't seem scared. Overall, I was a bit disappointed in this, although I confess that it might be because the friend who lent me the disc said it was awesome, leading it too high expectations Anyway, if you enjoyed previous installments, give this a go. You might agree with my friend. But he gives it a pretty high review. And at the end, I, I get the impression that maybe he doesn't think it's that great. Maybe he doesn't. Uh, he just gave a synopsis. He gave it a 6 out of 10 stars. And I'm a little concerned at the end. It sounds like he was kind of hoping the children would get murdered. I'm going to say it. Tweakums, it sounds like he wanted these small children to be murdered. That uh, That gives me some concern. I mean, murder adults all you want, and teenagers. But small children, come on, man. Come on. <laughs> What's wrong with you, Tweak- Tweakums? Although, I gotta say, I've been really really hoping to see that zombie baby in uh, <laughs> The Walking Dead, which I thought I was gonna see in Fear of the Walking Dead. Um, is it, I guess, the end of last season? Or mid-season break? Whatever the hell it was. And... Then we didn't see a zombie baby. And then this last episode, I guess it was. Holy shit. There was a zombie baby. I was pretty excited, but then it was in, you couldn't see it. It was in a bag. We knew a zombie baby was in there. I was like, oh, come on. Show the zombie baby. <laughs> I think it's okay if you murder a zombie baby. You know, that might be all right. Killing a baby on a screen, that's kind of fucked up, you know? But a zombie baby. <laughs> like, that's totally fine. I mean, the very first episode of The Walking Dead, Rick Grimes shot a small child in the head. She was a zombie. So it was okay. It was okay. <laughs> it's like there's a episode of South Park. Or maybe it was the movie. I don't recall what it... Oh, yeah, I guess it was on, on Comedy Central. It was an episode. I, I just remember it was Saddam with the devil, and he kept whipping out dildos. And it was, oh, it, it's okay. It's okay. It's it's not a real dick. It's it's a dildo or whatever. And then like toss him to the side, and because you know apparently if it was a real dick, it, it's got to be blurred out or at least at the time. But having a dildo was fine. <laughs> uh, there was something to that. Anyway, yeah. So that's that's what I was gearing up for with Halloween. Is old Jason lives. And I think Tommy Jarvis really, he's got the most story to, there's not many characters that have anything of a fleshed out 
of any kind of like character arc in Friday the 13th, except for, you know, there's some of it with Jason's mother and of course Jason himself, like the protagonist and all the movies like have, are usually for just one single movie where Tommy Jarvis was in three consecutive movies. He killed Jason twice, I guess. Yeah. Cause in part four, he kills him. And then in part six, he, he kills him again. Um, I don't remember who takes out the killer in part five. Tommy was in that, but I don't, and of course it wasn't Jason that was the killer. Spoiler alert. There's two of them that don't have Jason as the killer. I don't remember if Roy, the killer ends up getting taken out by Tommy as well, but, uh, Tommy Jarvis, man, it would be so good to have like some more Tommy Jarvis in, uh, in some Friday the 13th movies. I feel like, you know, he, he could, Definitely do some more, you know, Friday Thirteenth. I mean, it's a beloved character as far as Friday Thirteenth is concerned, and uh, he's in, of course, the Friday Thirteenth game. Oh man, this is on Screen Rant, twenty twenty. They wrote about this. Tommy Jarvis almost returned in the Friday Thirteenth remake, and here's why he was cut. Um, Friday the 13th 2009 remake was originally planned to include Jason's former nemesis, Tommy Jarvis, but unfortunately he ended up cut from the film. That's a damn shame. Um, see, the uh, remake was originally planned to include Jason's former nemesis, but unfortunately he ended up on the cutting room floor. While most slashers meet their greatest foe early on, such as Nancy. Nancy. Now you're in Elm Street or Laurie Strode in Halloween. Jason Voorhees didn't meet his until the hulking mama's boy embarked on his third killing spree at or near Camp Crystal Lake. As played by a young Corey Feldman, Tommy Jarvis debuted in 1984's Friday the 13th, The Final Chapter, and did the impossible by managing to, managing to actually kill Jason, hacking him to bits with his own machete. Oh, it was the machete. Why was I thinking it was the axe? I, or no. No, I was, okay. Part three, he dies with the axe. And then, uh, of course, it turns out he didn't actually die. Spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. Yeah, anyway. Uh, an older Tommy, now played by John Shepard, appeared in Friday the 13th Part 5, A New Beginning. What seemed like a clear attempt to set Tommy up as the one to follow in Jason's footsteps as a serial killer. But when that movie tanked, the decision was made to bring Jason back. Friday the 13th Part 6, Jason Lives. Tommy, now played by Return of the Living Dead star Tom Matthews, is still haunted by his past past with Jason, so he makes the boneheaded decision to dig up the body, and we've covered this already. <laughs> but uh, a bit of sanity slippage leads Tommy to impale Jason's corpse with a metal rod. Of course, lightning brings it back all Frankenstein style. Um, but uh, Tommy at least managed to subdue Jason at the end of part says, Six, risking his own neck to trap Mr. Voorhees at the bottom of Crystal Lake. Tommy Jarvis hasn't appeared in a Friday 13th film since. He remains a fan favorite character, and a renewed showdown between him and Jason has long been demanded. Turns out such a reunion almost occurred in 2009's remake. Here's why that plan fell through. It's fucking sad. Um, that remake was the final film in the franchise to be released by New Line as the uh, rights have since gone back to Paramount, uh, producing the remake with Platinum Dunes, who had previously produced remakes of Texas Chainsaw Massacre and the Amityville Horror. In a 2007 interview, Platinum Dunes execs Brad Fuller and Andrew Form revealed that they had plans to include Tommy in the new film, although they hadn't decided the best way to do so yet. Obviously, Jarvis didn't make it into the finished film, and in 2009 interview, Fuller and Form clarified that while Tommy had indeed been present in several drafts of the remake script, it was ultimately decided that including him would unnecessarily complicate the story. After all, this wasn't intended to be a sequel to the 11 prior Friday 13th films. It was a continuity reboot. To include Tommy, a new version of his character would have needed to be introduced and his relationship with Jason reestablished over the course of the film with the rights uh, lawsuit keeping Friday the 13th on ice looking to be resolved this year. Hopefully a new project eventually does materially with Tommy can return properly. Okay, that has been resolved. Spoiler alert. This was in 2020. So we know that uh, he is 
It's back on the books. I have heard too. Uh, yeah, here's a thing on MovieWeb.com. The uh, Fre- uh, Corey Feldman, I believe, has uh, talked about wanting to re to play Tommy Jarvis. Um, yeah, it says here in this article, uh, Feldman has teased the end of the Friday Thirteenth legal battle and says it's time to revisit the idea of bringing him back as Tommy Jarvis in a sequel. I'm cool with that, but I don't know. I kind of like. <laughs> I mean, he was good as as a kid, but as adult, I mean, Feldman's kind of out there. I don't know. I haven't seen like a decent movie with Feldman in a long time. But you know, slasher flick. I, I guess I'm okay with Feldman, but I I kind of like Matthews back as uh as Jarvis, even though he'd be older than Feldman. Um, but Corey's teased the end of the Friday Thirteen legal battle imminent, and he wants the next movie to bring him back for another battle against Jason. Uh, of course, yeah, we went over him being a 12-year-old. 12, 12 old, that's how old he was in part four. Um, blah, blah, blah. Uh, for many years, Feldman has wanted to reprise the role of Tommy Jarvis for a Friday 13th legacy sequel, the biggest roadblock standing in the way of the project's seemingly never-ending legal battle, which is over now, after this article put out. Uh, yeah, it goes into about the lawsuit, which... It's over. It was a shit now. It was between the original writer and director. Um, in a new exclusive interview with MovieWeb, uh, Feldman addressed the state of the Friday the 13th franchise when discussing potential legacy sequels to his past movies. The former child star said a new Friday the 13th sequel, Tommy's Return, is what he would be most interested in. Feldman also adds that he was told by a lawyer that the rights issues have been worked out, suggesting that agreement may have finally been reached. Uh, I hope that uh, he's not like directing that though. I hope that he finds like a good, solid director. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I I feel like he's probably passionate about the project, but I know just watching like his music, like he thinks his music's good. I, I hate to break it to you, Corey, but your music's it's not great. It's not great. It's pretty bad. Uh, <laughs> this is uh, what it, Feldman had to say about it, though. I think if we do any reboots, the reboot should be the Tommy vs. Jason reboot. Interestingly enough, some guy came up to me at a party, this is true, two weeks ago and said he was has resolved the rights issues. He's a lawyer and he has resolved the rights issues around Friday the 13th, that things are working out, and now they'll be able to start making Friday the 13th movies again, which I feel like that came in a while ago. I feel like I, I maybe talked about their podcast a year ago or so, it seems. Um, but yeah, it just goes on more and more. He's, he really wants to bring... Uh, <laughs> that back, and I think that would be like an epic duel. It keeps going on. Um, I, I don't know. I'd, I'd, I'd be interested to see. I guess. I mean, I'd be. I, I, I'd fucking definitely watch it. I'd go to the fucking theater and watch that shit. Tommy versus Jason. Epic shit, man. I mean, that's on the level. To me, that's close to the level of Freddy versus Jason. I mean, it's not fucking Robert England, but, uh, you know, it's for like a Paramount because to me, like the best films that were made of Friday the 13th are your Paramount ones. New Line took it over. They really took a shit on that, to say the least. But there were like eight Friday the 13th under Paramount. Not all of them were fucking gems. Let's be serious here, but... uh to me, the worst Friday the 13th has got to be part nine. Jason goes to hell. I think Jason X is better than that. Jason in space is better than fucking Jason goes to hell because part nine is just like ridiculous. You only get like a little bit of Jason like killing people. The rest of the time he's a slug that goes from body to body. It's just kind of fucking. And it's not even like. <laughs> it's like a shitty like. Uh, I don't remember the name of the company that puts together puppet master movies i love me some puppet master movies but i it's hard to watch them now i mean the the production quality on those are shit let's <laughs> be real but i love the puppets killing people there's something to it full moon i think is the name of the production company on that one but it seemed like a full moon film like it like i'd watch it and be kind of entertained and then i'll immediately erase that from my memory like it's a it's a brief pleasure whereas the Paramount Friday the 13th, man, I can go back like I'm watching six tonight, enjoy it over and over again. I have to like really want to force myself to watch part nine. It's tough. At least in Jason X though, there's, you know, there's some, 
fun uh, like fun kills like there's the i love the uh the humor to it too as well like they go into the holodeck and jason finds the the two girls that are just a hologram and then he takes the one in a classic kill i believe that's in another one um which they also do like a take on it in the reboot but i love the reboot by the way uh <laughs> and jason x he beats the the girl to death, sort of to death, in the ho- in the holodeck. He's got her in the sleeping bag, beats her to death across a tree while she's in a sleeping bag. But then she won't die because she's like a hologram. It's like seems to really be pissing him off, which is fucking great. There's some great humor there. <laughs> I, I'm not against like humor in the movies. There needs to be at least a little bit. But you know, some of us like the the 80s. There is a bit too much cheesiness. Like I feel like six. You just tweak a little bit. The storyline, I mean, like, Tommy Jarvis, if they do it upright, you know, they get the right writer and director behind it. And hopefully, again, it's not Feldman writing and directing it. I don't have a lot of faith in it. I feel like he's probably jacked and has got a lot of enthusiasm behind it. But, I, I, you know, I don't I don't know. Maybe he could really pull it off. But hopefully he, he's just, he gets some good people in there. And gets some other people involved in writing and directing that are just true fans of the original Paramount films. Like, you know, part four was possibly the best of the Friday the 13th, really. I mean, I'd probably go on record and say that part four is is pretty great. And maybe part three is maybe even right up there next to it. And uh, those, it's still not the greatest like film ever. Part four, I'd say is better, but part three, you get like Jason the iconic Jason because in part two he he's first get to see Jason like killing people but he's just got the bag over his head and there's like a bit of darkness to two which is kind of also like Nightmare on Elm Street 2 as well there's like some dark really dark tones to that but dark part two Friday the 13th you don't get the the Jason that you know is up on all the billboards and such as it were because he doesn't get get the uh <laughs> the uh, hockey mask until part three. And then you get that iconic look of Jason as we know him. And uh, although it, it is pretty gr- classic to see the the bag over his head and like the one hole for an eye. <laughs> I do like the fact that there's only one hole for an eye. There's something fantastic about that. But I yeah, I'd go on record and say part four is probably the best. Now I do love like part seven is one of my one of my faves. And I think growing up as a kid, part seven was probably more of my favorite compared to part four. But I think is it like a film like part four is probably just better. And the, I, as a kid, I just loved the uh, protagonist in that one. I can't remember her name, but she had like uh, telekinetic powers and she uh, used that to fight Jason. And uh, there, I really enjoyed that one. And then they went to Manhattan <laughs> <laughs> and him on the boat. I do have a love for that one too, but it's definitely like, okay, by that point, Paramount's really just, uh, they're really just cashing in it at this point. But then again, like, soon as it gets sold the new line, like they just threw out some fucking movies to just kind of, I guess, I don't know if it was to hold on to the rights of Jason or what, or just to make a buck, but they definitely had people involved in part nine and 10 that, that were just not, I don't think that gave a fuck at all about the Friday 13th series and we're just uh, quickly throwing together a movie and uh, shitting in, inside a box and then like, here you go. Um, <laughs> but they, they have their moments, I guess. They New Line, the whole goal when they bought that out, the rights from Paramount, is they wanted the Freddy versus Jason because they own the rights to uh, Nightmare on Elm Street and Freddy. And they needed the rights to uh, Jason Voorhees, so they got that. And I still wish, like back when they were trying to get Freddy versus Jason made, they wanted to have Freddy versus Jason versus Ash. That, I think, would have been fucking fantastic. Obviously, you can't have that now. I mean, fucking Bruce Campbell's 60-something years old. I don't think... uh, (laughs) think that that would probably like he'd probably be very interested in it. I know he's 
he was done doing the TV show because, I mean, they would just cover him in blood nonstop. But holy shit. And that and, you know, Robert England's like 70. I don't know how fucking old he is now, but he's he's too old to be spending like eight, nine hours in a chair putting makeup on. But man, the Robert England and Bruce Campbell together and then just Jason Voorhees cutting some shit up. Holy shit. I mean, Ash would hopefully save the day in the end. I mean, that's you kind of have to have that happen. Or just, you know, fuck shit up to where the Deadites just take over everything. I don't know. In the end. Um, but holy hell, that would have been fantastic. In the, Say in the, like the late 90s, if they would have pulled that off. Holy hell, I would have been. I probably would have saw that in the movie like six, seven times. In the movie theater. I would have gone there and just fucking lived at the movie theater for like a month. And just soaked that all up. That would have been just fantastic. Um, but, uh, you know, I, <laughs> I've been just on a digression here about Friday 13th and just horror movies. As uh, I've neglected to mention, I almost gave myself a concussion the other day. That was pretty exciting. I was at home. And uh, I had... Uh, I had to go to the bathroom really fucking bad. I mean, it was bad. I had to hurry up. And uh, I was in the bedroom, which is my master bedroom, which is right next to the fucking bathroom. It's not like I have to go far. And I was just like, fuck, I got I to gotta piss and shit really fucking bad. And uh, I've run in there. And I'm not sure exactly how I managed this, but my toilet in the upstairs bathroom is, you know, there's a wall right next to the fucking toilet um, on both sides of the toilet. So it's pretty much like a stall, but, you know, there's, I mean, it's not really a stall, but the the, the shower's right there, and that's where the wall, one wall is, and then the wall to the outside of the bathroom is on the, the other side of the toilet, so you're, you're really enclosed there. And I guess I was trying to drop my pants at the time. I'm not really sure what happened. But I turned my head really fucking fast and hit my head full force right into the wall, right in my temple. <laughs> and thankfully, I didn't, like, lose consciousness or anything. This could have been bad. But it hurt like fucking hell. My head hurt for, like, three or four days after. I don't remember what day it was this happened. And it, like, I was, I remember at work, uh, not really thinking about it, not bothering me until like a couple hours in, I thought, remembered it. And then as soon as I remembered that, I really felt my head was fucking sore. Like I was concerned. Maybe I really did some damage. <laughs> and like, I kept like feeling my head and I did notice that, you know, it was uh bruised a little bit. There was a bit of a knot on my fucking head. Like it would have been, man, it would have been terrible had I knocked myself out from that gotten like a concussion I would imagine as soon as I did that I probably would have shit and pissed myself considering how badly I had to go to the bathroom like that could have been could have been bad I could have woken up like seven hours later you know covered in shit and piss or like who's made the jankum um <laughs> I'm just breathing in the fumes probably hallucinating that point breathing in that much methane you know, if I'm in there for hours, which covered in shit, there's going to be a lot of methane and be breathing in. So there's a good chance I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have some crazy dreams while I'm concussed <laughs> and out. And then just, you know, hallucinating away with being close to Halloween. There could be, I could be, be getting chased by Jason. Who knows at that point? And a lot of multiverses that are out there, I did probably knock myself out that other night or maybe even kill myself. I mean, there's crazy enough stories of people accidentally doing that. I can't imagine... What they would have thought, like, if somehow, I mean, that would be a fluke. If I would imagine it hit hard, hard enough to hit my head on that to kill myself, that would be very difficult, I would imagine. I think maybe possible, maybe if I hit my nose to where it went, the through the bone in my nose went through my brain, I guess that'd be possible or something. I'm not sure. if I, I'd have to hit myself obscenely hard, I would imagine. <laughs> But I would like, what the fuck would like a coroner think once they found my body and just see like this, you know, damage to my head and everything? I guess at that point there would be probably blood on the wall, maybe a big hole <laughs> or something. I would imagine if I hit myself that hard against the wall. So there would be signs like, well, he hit his head and then shit himself. <laughs> like. <laughs> I'm just imagining like what the, what people would think once they had to find that and like like did he like 
did somebody, you know, I, I would think that they would maybe initially think that somebody bashed my head into the wall and then I happened to shit myself. I get, because apparently, you know, you just shit yourself anyway when you die. That that wouldn't be crazy. But then it's like seeing that, like, maybe my pants were already kind of, you know, dropped and then I did that. Like, would the, like, it would seem highly suspicious and also just like, did this guy really just, like, try to shit and then just, like, smack his head up against the wall and die? That'd be fucking terrible. <laughs> what a way to go out. I Like, I'm definitely betting on the fact that when I die, I have no idea when. Uh, hopefully not soon. I'm pretty certain I'll die on the shitter. On the toilet. Elvis style, minus the drugs and the fatness. Hopefully without the fatness. I don't see myself doing a lot of pills. But I spent a lot of to- time on the toilet. I shit a lot these days. I foresee myself mid-push, out, done. You know, maybe it's 50 years from now. Maybe it's two days from now. I highly doubt two days from now. I'm feeling at least, I got at least another good 10 years. Who knows? <laughs> maybe a spider will get me while I'm on the shitter. Not sure. It just seems that that's, that's the uh, the way to go out. Just the, uh, and then it would be so funny if that, if it was a scenario where I just, Somehow, for some reason, smashed my head up against the wall. Some freak accident. Sounds like something crazy I would do. Hopefully it would be in some crazy country. That there'd be a little bit more of a story to it. I I just hope... (laughs) If, like, I go out, like, instantly with some kind of accident or something like that, that there's some real ridiculousness to the story, you know? That's all I can hope for in, in some kind of death. Just not... Just don't, you know go out in some slow, painful way. Let's not do that. Let's have some freak, crazy thing to where, like, I can't believe this fucking happened. And if it... <laughs> There's, like, the story of uh, Stranger Than Fiction with Will Ferrell. I'm a fan of the movie. Uh, him and uh, uh, Maggie uh, Gyllenhaal uh, are in that. And in the movie, of course, Will Ferrell's character is... Uh, starts hearing somebody narrate his life and he realizes it's an author that's writing a book and that he's actually a character in this in her book and she's an author in his reality and then she's writing a book where he dies and he knows that she's writing how he dies he's like you know I don't want to die and uh, but then he reads the ending before it's published I guess her publishing the book is when it finalizes his story. So then he were to die and he's like, please don't, you know, kill me your book. You'll kill me in real life. And then he reads the, the ending of it. And it's of course him saving a child. And he's like, well, you, I like, uh, it's such a great epic ending that, you know, why not <laughs> have to go through with them? Right. But, uh, and then of course, spoiler alert, she, he saves the kid in the end. Like he, he recovers from his injuries. She, she amends the ending a little bit for him because she doesn't want to brutally murder him by getting hit by a bus. <laughs> but I, you know, I hope there's somewhat of like a, almost a, a redemption, like some crazy, I don't know, a redemption. But I, I also like think of like the end of Breaking Bad, where like Walter White, not exactly a redemption story in the end, although he's like he does. Uh, go back and avenge like Hank's murder and sets Jesse free. So he kind of redeems himself, but the shit he did, I mean, he murdered people and did just horrible shit. There's, in the end, like no real redemption for him, but there's a, there's a slight bit of redemption at the end of that. Not that I think I've been just, you know, I haven't murdered anybody or done anything like that, but there's... <laughs> I feel like I haven't been quite as entertaining, I guess, in the last few years or just, you know, been more of a recluse and such. Like this, a swan song of me, you know, shitting on a toilet and then having some freak accident happen is (laughs) a story that a redeeming factor to the, in the end, my friends will have a story to tell as a, that is of course not something I'm going to set up that, that defeats the purpose. It's not a good story. You do it to yourself. But if there's a freak occurrence, freak occurrence, is that there's, I it would please me to no end if my friends could have the the last thing they could tell people about me is this fucked up crazy story of how I died. That would just, be <laughs> that's would really help me live on. I I hope it's not just like some 
fucking disease or something that takes me out. There's just some kind of fluke incident. They're like, only that motherfucker would do that. The the guy that shit the bed in Russia, that's... <laughs> I hope that, you know, the odds of it happening, you know, I it seems unlikely. Especially with my family history, it'll probably be something like, oh, that's... Eh, he just didn't wake up one day. Or, you know, he, he battled some illness for the last 10 years. Whatever it be. But, uh, I, I don't know. I have a morbid... <laughs> Morbid mind. It goes to some dark places. And that, you know, Halloween, watching slasher flicks. I just think about shit like this. And, you know, shit. And also, you know, almost knocking myself out the other night <laughs> while taking a shit. I sure, I'm sure I wouldn't have been the first person that has accidentally knocked himself out while trying to take a shit. I can't be, right? There's got to be a few people. I would imagine there's several. <laughs> uh but uh, other than that, I guess uh, I I think I've decided I'm going to at least do one more full marathon running. Um, I'm not in like the greatest physical shape at the moment, but I've gotten back into a little bit of running. Don't know if I'll have time to train effectively for a full marathon as I'm really considering working two jobs to uh, get ahead on some bills. And just try to give myself some breathing space here. But I really don't want to work two jobs. And if I work two jobs, it's going to be really difficult to find the time to train for a full marathon or anything of that distance. But I'm looking at April uh, doing the Go St. Louis full marathon. Uh, Several friends of mine uh, are doing it as well. They do every year. And uh, side note. I should mention my friend, uh, my friend Rich, my good friend Rich is doing uh, his, I believe it's his first uh, 100 miler. He's done a lot of ultra marathon distance, but he's doing the 100 mile trail race, the Ozark uh, trail race, which is commonly referred to as the OT. And my run group, the Daily Run Club is doing uh, an aid station there. And so I've I've had uh, quite a few friends that ran that race. Um, I have not gone because I mean, it always happens around, I guess, uh, the end of October, the beginning of November, which is a hard time for me to get time off. So, it, and uh, the Ozark Trail is, uh, I guess, a couple hours from here. It's difficult for me to get a weekend off at the end of October, beginning of November. It's our busy season at work. Right now, I really need the money, so I'm definitely going to work tomorrow when uh, the race starts. So, uh,. <clears throat> But, yeah, he's doing his first 100-mile race, and that, I cannot fathom going that far, and I definitely don't have the time to train for a 100-mile race. That shit is insane. I mean, you got to put some miles in there to be ready. Otherwise, you're going to be in a world... I mean, you're going to be in a world of hurt anyway. You do a 100-mile race, but if you go into it not training much at all, you're going to be real fucked. <laughs> you're going to be walking a lot that day. And you may not be able to walk again after that for at least a good month <laughs> or two. You're gonna be you're gonna be in some bad shape. But uh, and those trails are no joke. The elevation and stuff on trails, it is different than uh, what I I normally do. I run on pavement. All my races have been on pavement. I'm not. I just don't run a whole lot of trails. I usually end up with IT band issues and stuff when I run on trails because it's just a set of muscles I don't use much. So a hundred mile trail race, that's, <laughs> that's, uh, that's, uh, no joke. Hopefully, uh, I, Rich is, I feel like Rich is going to be strong in there though. We've got, uh, I believe that there's several of my friends that are going to be pacing him. that are going to be there. And there's a big group of them. They're going to be there aiding him and, uh, cheering him on and stuff. So I feel confident and Rich, uh, finishing strong is, uh, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, I will hopefully do a marathon in uh, April. And I've done the go once before. I believe it was 2019. And uh, it was my my solidest performance overall of doing a race. Not my fastest. But I ran pretty much the whole way up until about mile 22 or 23. And I would have continued just running at that sal- at that same pace and everything, but I had to stop to use the Johnny on the spot because I was having stomach issues. 
once I, I hit the bathroom, I probably shouldn't have hit it at all. I should have just muscled through. I think it would have been all right. As soon as I hit the bathroom, then it was, <laughs> my stomach was not agreeing with me. And I had to walk a lot, quite a bit of the last like three miles or so. And, uh, but overall it was a solid performance. I guess my maybe my third second or third fastest marathon of the six or seven that I've done but uh, but yeah it, and I really enjoyed the course I feel like it's one I can manage strongly and uh, we'll see I just I just want to get in shape you know fend off death for a good amount of time and that again, that it's just kind of <laughs> keep myself ready to to not die a slow death and just make it a you know some kind of fluke. <laughs> Maybe I'll be on a Johnny on the spot during a marathon, and then uh, I don't know somehow this it'll be in some crazy country where maybe it's on the side of a, a cliff and the Johnny on the spot or the uh, what uh, in Ireland they call it the portaloo. Something crazy will happen to the portaloo. It'll, the winds will be like 40 miles per hour or something. I'll, you know, get picked up in a twister <laughs> along with the portaloo and then get thrown off a cliff somehow. And then there's could be some crazy more shit involved. I survive the fall somehow down the cliff then only to be like attacked by some crazy animal. I, I don't know. I, I'm thinking of like the animals in Ireland that none of them seem very much like they would probably kill me. Like, I can't imagine a sheep or something. That would be awful. Don't, let's not make that ending. That just doesn't seem right, that a sheep should kill me. Maybe I should stop thinking about the possible ways I could die in the, like, crazy, crazy ways. Um, but, <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, Halloween. Looking forward to that as, uh. yeah, I guess I'm going to just dress up as Jason tomorrow and not, uh, avoid uh getting uh any new masks and such as uh Johnny Brock's is not too far from where I live and I would imagine they've got some pretty decent masks this year it is tempting to go and pick one up and right now I can't use my debit card because apparently there's some fraud on my account and I'm without a fucking debit card for like 7 to 10 days so I'm going to have to go on my credit card anyway and for some reason, when I have to put things on my credit card, I almost feel like, eh, fuck it. I'm not paying for it right now. <laughs> there is that kind of like, eh, fuck it. Not normally. I normally am pretty good about not putting things on my credit card. But there's definitely, like, when I don't have access to my bank account via, like, debit card or uh, ATM, that I'm just like, oh, this money, eh, fuck it. Let's just go ahead and put more shit on my credit card. It It's a, ba- it's a slippery slope. Slippery slope which is really just pushing me more towards like, oh, fuck, it's a part-time job now. (laughs) Uh, Or selling the kidney. We could go back to that. If I could find some sucker that could use my kidney that's probably not worth $10,000, much less, you know, uh, yeah, it's probably not worth much. You you might get like $1,000 worth out of it. I don't know how much to like price my kidney. Yeah, I don't know how many miles are left on there, to be honest. On either one. So I I've never priced kidneys uh on the black market. Um I've I've heard stories where people get like thirty grand or so out of there. But I don't know if there's like you know there's like a grading scale. I'm not sure how you go about that. Like how do you test kidneys and go like without cutting somebody open and like looking at it. I don't know that you can really judge it well. I don't think it's like, you know, buying a used car where you go kick the tires and maybe look under the hood. You know, I don't know. (laughs) Maybe they go off your urine, maybe do a little couple of tests, like "Mm, taste it. Maybe if it tastes more like, I don't know, urine, (laughs) that's a better bet. Like this doesn't taste quite like urine. I think you got bad kidneys. We're not we're not giving you the thirty grand. This is more of like a three hundred dollar situation. This is gonna keep the guy alive for another week or two, so <laughs> it's like three hundred dollars. Uh anyway, I have gone on quite some strange digressions tonight. Um, but I, I think I'm good. It's probably the fucking smoothie that's just thirty two ounces of fucking insane juice. 
coursing through my body that has led me down these rabbit holes tonight as I am, uh, yeah, uh, as I'm good. Uh, as, uh, that's, a, that's all, all I've really got. So, uh, when I post this, it'll be happy ha- it'll Halloween. So it'll be, yeah, happy Halloween to everybody out there. And, uh, I don't know, scare some children, eat some candy, do some fun stuff, you know, shave your head, become Walter White, do whatever, uh, be a zombie. And uh, as always, that is a kid in a wheelchair, not a trash can.